Hey, it's Drex from This Week Health Cyber and Risk Community, and I want to invite you to our next webinar. It's going to focus on what else? Defending health data. I'll be chatting with experts from Rubrik and Microsoft. Register right now at thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. That's all one string, R-U-B-R-I-K webinar, thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. See you online soon. Today in Health IT, most impactful EHR changes that can save physicians time and reduce burnout. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. We want to thank our show sponsors who are investing in developing the next generation of health leaders, Gordian Dynamics, Quill Health, Site, Nuance, Canon Medical, and Current Health. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. All right, so did a poll. There was a, an article last week. I think it was last week. Let's see, October 19th. Yep, last week. In Becker's, eight EHR changes that can save physicians time and reduce burnout. And there was a good discussion that was going on on a post. And I decided to turn that into a poll and see where it was going to go and and get some background to have this discussion with y'all. So here are the eight EHR changes that were uh, recommended. Let's see who they talked to. A report from the AMA. Well, it's probably a pretty good list. Let's see. Number one, minimize alerts. Keep only alerts with favorable cost-benefit ratios. Number two, simplify logins. Streamline logins by updating elements such as single sign-on, fingerprint, and facial recognition. Number three, extend time before auto-logout. Set security measures based on computer usage, location, etc. Number four, decrease password burdens. Number five, reduce clicks in ordering, cut down on the excessive clinical data required to order tests. Number six, eliminate password revalidation. Do not require repeated physician logins when sending in prescriptions for non-controlled substances. Number seven, reduce note excess, reduce the number of links that automatically pull in data from other parts of the EHR. And number eight, simplify order entry process, optimize technology to automatically populate data fields. <clears throat> and I think in the poll, people read into that a little further than, than what I've said. So there are the eight items outside of, and I, I agree, some of, the, some of these are going to mirror some of the comments I read in the uh, post that was out there. There's a oversimplification of things in terms of really understanding security requirements to you know, extend the time before auto logout, we set it to four hours. Four hour shifts. You go to lunch. You come back. You you relog in. That was our thought process. Four hours was the most we felt comfortable extending it because when you extend that auto logout, it 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 creates a an opportunity for hackers. Let's just say it that way. Simplify logins, single sign on, and and all those kinds of things. We we did that in twenty. Gosh, 2012, we did that. We went to an Improvata solution, single sign-on across the board, tap in, tap out. It had challenges early on in the process, mostly because we were we were ahead of the curve and really driving some things. We had uh, sub one minute first login and then sub 10 second uh, logins after that. Actually, sub five second logins after that. They tapped in after that because you didn't have to log in again the second time and launch all those machines. And because it was a Citrix environment, we were able to just 
move those sessions from place to place. Some of this stuff is just basic blocking tackling. So four hours is the minimum I'd recommend. Simplify the logins is technology that's already out there and tested. Expensive and complicated at the time. I don't know if it's uh, complicated and expensive today. My guess is it's only gone up in cost. The complexity of it, actually complexity should come down over time. So, and the amount of resources that really understand the technology should go up. So it shouldn't be as hard to get experts on it as we had back in the day. Let's see. Password burdens, change the intervals between password reset requirements. That's just a bad idea, quite frankly. I'm a huge fan of eliminating passwords altogether in the system because the biggest security risk in every health system is the people. And the best way for them not to give away their passwords is to not know their passwords. And there are, are a bunch of companies working on passwordless systems and mechanisms moving forward so we don't even know our passwords and to me that's going to be the best place to get to as quickly as we can get there but until we get there changing your password every you know 90 days 60 days whatever your password uh, policy is some are 30 days 30 days to me was too much of a burden on the clinician 60 days i think is what we settled on we could have gone out to 90 days but again, the, with every day you move that out, you just increase the likelihood that a, an attacker can get in using those passwords. And again, I still think passwordless login is the, the, way, to, the way to go. Eliminate password revalidation for prescriptions and non-controlled substances. We should be able to do this with things like OAuth and that kind of stuff. So all this stuff is available, makes sense. All And to be honest with you, I don't think it's one thing. I think it's all of them, right? You should be doing all of these things. If, if, if the physicians are telling you that all of these things potentially can reduce the amount of burden on them and increase the time that they have available, you should, should be looking at and doing every single one of them. Uh, reduce, reduce note excess. This is not a technology thing per se but reduce the number of links that automatically pull in data from other parts of the EHR. This is mostly driven by your clinicians and requirements. But one of the things you have to do, you have to have a strong CMIO who is going to ask why. Why are we doing this? Is this something that we would do system-wide? Is this something that uh, contributes to uh, patient safety? Is this something that contributes to outcomes? And we have to ask ourselves why. We end up with a lot of processes and alerts falls into this category. We end up with a lot of processes and a lot of, uh, a lot of alerts that just over time have no meaning. And by the way, alerts is one of those things. You should go through your alerts annually and cut down on the number of alerts. Because if you don't cut down on them, the human brain cuts down on them automatically. Like we can, we have a cognitive load that we can handle and a cognitive load that we cannot handle. And our brain is really smart this way and it just shuts them off, right? So if you're getting 10 alerts every 15 minutes or five alerts every 15 minutes or whatever, and you just say, ignore, 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 your brain gets really smart and it just ignores them for you. So alerts lose their meaning. If you have too many of them, should go through them. Are they necessary? Are they helping to provide better care, those kinds of things. Reduce note excess is probably a process problem. You need a strong leader who is going to ask the question, why, why are we doing this? And good governance around changes to the EHR. Shouldn't just do it to make 
the loudest physician happy. There should be a process that it goes through so that people understand why we're making the changes we're making. And there should be strong consideration given to the clinician time and burden. And then the last, I, I left this last one for simplify order entry process. And some people commented on things like ambient clinical listening and those kinds of things. And, and that falls into this category. There's a bunch of technologies that are going to help in this area. And every time I mention a technology, there's, there's cost, there's training, there's time associated with each one of these things. So it depends on your health system, what your budget is, whether you can do some of these things. But ambient cl clinical listening has helped the clinicians a lot. I think there's a lot of work to do in the area of helping the nurses with ambient clinical listening. And I think they're working on that as we speak and making progress in that area. The order entry process, a lot of it has to do with collecting information that either we don't need or collecting information that is not required to you know, for better care or for better outcomes or for safety and a lot of that's driven by the federal government and some of that's driven by billing right so those are the two primary things i think that drive to a an excessive amount of data being collected by the ehr and that burden is put on the clinicians is put on the doctors put on the nurses put on others within the system now, to the extent that we can automate that within technology, by all means, let's do that. Let's put in things like computer vision type systems that can see things and then put notes in there and whatnot and take some of the mundane tasks off of the clinicians. But at the end of the day, the battle needs to be fought with the systems that are requiring the data and saying, do we need this data? And so there needs to be a strong voice in the government as they're making regulations, which they think are leading to the better outcomes for patients, for the people that they serve. And we need to make sure that our voice at the table is looking at that burden and at that time commitment to put that information in. And I think the same thing in the other direction, looking at the administrative side and the billing side with the carriers, with uh, CMS and others and saying, do we need this information? Is this information required? Now, those are harder, right? The, those, those changes don't happen overnight, but it is something that make sure your voice is being heard, make sure you're participating in the process at, at every turn, and then look at it. I mean, because there were some changes that were just made, and sometimes these changes get made, the requirements get made, or changes get made, because we're successful in moving that, that ball down the field. And one of the things that happens is we don't make the changes in our system. So got to keep an eye on those things. I, again, I think you're revisiting this. I would say every year would be the wrong way to say this. We're revisiting this process all the time. Is that information, ask yourself, is that information necessary? Is it necessary for clinical care? Is it necessary for outcomes? Is it necessary for quality? Is it necessary for government regulation? And is it necessary for billing? I mean, just go through those things. And if the answer, if you go through that, that gauntlet and the answer is no, ask yourself why you're collecting that information. Because every click, every character that a physician has to put in there takes time, takes cognitive load, and creates stress, creates burden. So that is on the entire system to put the processes together, put the governance together, put the right teams together to have the conversation. This isn't just a technology conversation, as you know. This is a health system 
initiative that should be going on at all times. Reducing burden, reducing waste at all times should be a process that is going on. We had uh, Lean Six Sigma at our health system, and we had daily huddles with uh, a majority. In fact, I can't think of a department that didn't have them across the board. And it was part of our culture and part of the way we operated. Highly recommend it if you're not doing it. And again, I think there's a lot of value there. All right, that's all for today. If you know someone that might benefit from our channel, please forward them a note. They can subscribe on our website, thisweekhealth.com or wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher. And you know, if there's another one, let me know. Those tend to be the majority. In fact, if I were honest, Apple is like 92% of where people download our podcasts. It's really kind of, kind of interesting. All right. So it's everywhere. You get the picture. We want to thank our channel sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders, Gordian Dynamics, Quill Health, Taucite, Nuance, Canon Medical, and Current Health. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.